Welcome to the Prophecy Club. I just counted them up. Wednesday, I made a two-hour video giving you 33 reasons why you should come to the Sevenfold Miracle Crusade. Thirty years ago, God began giving me prophecies saying that one day He's going to use me to win thousands upon thousands of souls to His kingdom, including an audible voice, a vision, a dream, six prophetic words, 33 in all, and I believe that I have been directed to organize a meeting to release sevenfold miracles. We're asking those who believe in the warning given to Dimitri Dudeman that America is the mystery Babylon, willing to sow a key of David's seed, commit to a three-day consecutive fast, and believe in the end times to come to this crusade. During this crusade, we're asking people to walk the steps of Moses by observing Passover, unleavened bread, first fruits, which is April 19 to 22. We believe that once we have fasted, sown the key of David, and opened the doors and followed the steps of Moses, God is going to release the sevenfold miracles like no person or angel in human history has ever seen. If you want to attend, register at sevenfoldmiraclecrusades.com. There are only 500 seats available. We expect to have several thousand wanting to come. That's sevenfoldmiraclecrusades.com. Register while there are still seats available. sevenfoldmiraclecrusades.com. If you've been listening to the Prophecy Club for a while, you've probably heard me quote some amazing prophecies, and you probably thought, man, I'd like to have a copy of those prophecies. I put together my selection of the most quoted speakers we've had at the Prophecy Club, and by getting this offer, you will have the most important information from 25 years, 160 guest speakers that have made 330 DVDs, in my opinion. It's called Stan's Quote Material. The first one is The Storm Judgment Revival. You've heard me say Shane Warren many times. Revelations for the Midnight Hour, Maurice Scalar. I Saw the Dollar Dead, Daniel Davis. The End of Times, Augusto Perez. Will You Survive America's Fall, Doug Metzger. Catastrophe Meteor Tsunami Earthquake, Ephraim Rodriguez. Meteor Destruction of America by me. And the most important one, Wake Up America by Dimitri Dudeman, and a book called Prophecies of the Fall of America. That's nine DVDs, one book, valued $280 for a gift of just $75. That's right, $280 worth of material, nine DVDs in a book for $75. And it's called Stan's Quote Material. You get it at prophecyclub.com. Stan's Quote material. I would even say Stan's favorite quote material. You want the best information? You get this offer. Stan's quote material. Nine DVDs and a book. $280 value for $75. Prophecyclub.com. Now we're going to listen to one of them. I Saw the Dollar Dead by Daniel Davis. And now your host for the Prophecy Club, Stan Johnson. Welcome to the Prophecy Club. Welcome to the Prophecy Club, where we provide information and resources with a prophetic warning message to win souls to Jesus and to call people to repentance. Our topic tonight is, I saw the dollar dead, as in already dead. Your speaker has written the book, Warning America, Attempted Hostile Takeover Exposed. He teaches and helps other people to invest into the stock market, so he knows a little bit about that. Pastored in Kansas and St. Louis for some 20 years. He's currently been a missionary in Costa Rica for the last two years, but 
In 2008, God gave him two very powerful dreams about the future of America. He was not only shown the death of the U.S. dollar, but it's also global impact. He was also shown that all property lines will be dissolved and that the rise of the one world government and its currency, the the implementation of of Agenda 21, and he was told that communism is the greatest threat to America. We help me welcome Dr. Daniel Davis. God bless you, brother. Thank you, sir. Good to be here. Thank you. God bless you. Amen. Well, I want to thank the Prophecy Club for having me. What a blessing. It looks like you're all well taken care of as well. They've served you coffee, and what a, what a great place to be tonight. I, I believe that uh, the message I'm going to bring you tonight, it's going to be a message of warning, it's, but it's also going to be a great message of hope. If you are a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, you have special protections, you have uh, special heavenly capacities that no one else on earth has. And uh, we're, we'll talk about those as well, so that you are well informed and you know uh, that, that indeed times are critical and it's time to get into Psalm 91. It's time to get into the secret place of the Most High and start activating the things that God's always had available for His people. Amen. Well, again, I want to thank you for, uh, for that warm welcome. Um, I have lived in uh, the Dallas, Texas area for about seven years, but two years ago my family and I moved to Costa Rica, the land of the best coffee in the world. Praise God. And um, so, uh, 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 but I, I was able to come up here to uh, spend a little bit of time with you. In uh, my entire life has been filled uh, with a uh, an experience that I had in uh, I'm trying to think 1982, where the Lord saved my life, changed my life dramatically, uh, pulled me out of drugs, alcohol addiction, satanic rock band. I was just always been a leader, just used to lead in the wrong direction. And uh, but the Lord, uh, while all of my Christian schoolmates used to uh, pray for me, uh, they prayed all through the uh, the years. My freshman year, I was at the top of the list. Uh, my sophomore year, I was at the top of the list. My junior year, I was at the top of the list. My senior year, they took me off the list. Uh, they said, there's no way God can save this young man. I think God took that as a personal uh, challenge. So ever since my radical conversion, I've been involved in ministry and business and uh, many things that the Lord's had me uh, into. I had no idea why, why he's had me involved in the things that he's had me in. Some of you may feel exactly the same way. Uh, but it's all for a purpose. And many of these things were to unfold in my life where I am now standing uh, before you and a lot of these things were types and shadows for my life um, and for me to stand here and tell you what I believe is coming to America and how we can avert and literally get off the train before it crashes. So uh, this message is called, I Saw the Dollar Dead. I had two very serious dreams in my life that it changed my life. And these were in 2008. I was uh, living in Dallas, Texas. I was traveling, doing financial seminars, leadership conferences in third world nations for Christian leaders, and uh, also speaking in churches, and just uh, living the dream that God had given me. And then God gave me two more dreams. (laughs) And uh, I'm going to tell you briefly about these dreams. Of course, my book explains in detail 
the analogy, the, um, I believe, the discernment of the dreams, as well as a lot of financial and family information on how to, uh, how to position yourself for these things. I am so thankful that we have a loving Heavenly Father that does not allow anything to happen on the earth unless He shares it with His servants, the prophets. He, ser- he shares it with His people, both great and small. And whether you've had a dream, whether you've had a vision, or whether you're listening to someone else's dream and the Holy Spirit says, hey, that's right on, listen to that. If it checks out biblically, and if it checks out with your, with your spirit, whether you had the dream or you're listening to the dream, God is faithful to send us warnings and, uh, and to send us leader, leadership and leading. I'm thankful for that. He doesn't just uh, uh, get you born again and then leave you for 20 years. Amen. Amen. So, uh, before we jump into the actual dreams, I'd like to uh, read a scripture in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 7 through 12. It says, For the mystery of iniquity doth already work. Only he who now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way. And then shall that wicked be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. Now, I put that in yellow because I want, I want you to remember that though the wicked raise their heads, God always deals with the wicked. It's his MO, his method of operation. He always deals with the wicked. And uh, we, we know that God doesn't snake hunt with a shovel. He lets the snake come to the surface and then he takes his head off. That's that's how God always has operated with wickedness. He allows it to surface so that it's unquestionable, undeniable, and then he deals with it. And here in 2 Thessalonians, talking about the end times, we know that the wicked one or the lawless one raises his head. And once he does, the Lord Jesus Christ will consume him with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy him with the brightness of his coming. That's the good news. Now, between the time of him raising his head and the Lord destroying him, there may be battles, but we should never allow fear to direct us or to, be, uh, uh, to, uh, to lead our lives or to uh, paralyze us. Don't be paralyzed in fear because the Lord always has and the Lord always will have dominion in and over his world. His planet, his genetic code, he is the author. Amen. He is the, uh, he's the patent holder of this entire planet and every individual on it. And that is the bottom line. So Satan and his uh, wicked ones can raise their heads, but they do not own this thing and God will not allow them to infringe on the patent. Amen. So Second uh, Thessalonians continues and says, Even him whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders and with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish, because they received not the love of the truth that they might be saved. And for this cause, God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie, that they all might be damned who believed not the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. I put this in yellow because this scares the tarnation out of me, out of me for my own life. The scripture says, back here in uh, verse 10, it says that those who are perishing, they perish because they refuse to receive the truth. And so they, not only do they perish, but the scripture also says that God himself mixes a strong delusional concoction and gives it to them 
so that they should believe a lie. I would pray that God would never feel I was so lost and so so anti-Christ against him that uh, he would have to mix me up something so that I'd start believing the lie. But you know, I'm going to be honest with you, the bright are getting brighter and the dark are getting darker uh, during these days. And, uh, 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 and when I share light with someone who's walking in darkness, they look at me like I'm on another planet. And I look at them like they're on another planet. And we're literally walking in a day today where two men could be walking down the street in the broad daylight. One is walking in the bright noonday and the other is walking in nighttime, spiritually speaking. One couldn't beat his way out of a spiritual wet paper bag. The other one who is walking in broad daylight and understands everything that's going on. So this scripture, I wanted to start with this because we're living in this day right now. There are, there are two mindsets. There are two worlds that are being lived in. There are two time frames. You are not children of the night. You are children of the day. Therefore, you have the capacity to see what God wants you to see. There are others who've chosen not to love the truth. Therefore, they shall not see what you can see. It's not possible for them. They have drank the strong delusional drink, and they will not see what you see. I wish it were not so, and I pray that they would be saved, that they would turn. And one of my dreams, you're going to see that a great mass of people turn back to Jesus. However, they will be a day late and a dollar short when they do. Thank God for His mercy. They will be turning. Well, let's start out. Uh, we understand that, uh, that as we come into the first dream, I'm going to explain that uh, we want to get ourselves into divine protective Psalm 91 order. A little bit later on tonight, we're going to talk specifically about building an ark of safety. And thank God he's already had men who needed to get through something, and he knew how, uh, how to tell them what to build and how to be successful while t- trying times came on the planet. We're going to learn how to, how to protect our faith, our family, our finances, and our future. We're also going to learn the difference between God's economy and man's economy. One economy is moving uh, just bold and bright and beautiful right now. The other one is failing horribly and is going to go right down the tubes. And so we need to know the difference between God's economy and man's because God's calling you to his economy and out of man's. And then again, we're going to look at building the ark of safety. Now, my dream that I had, the first dream, I want to just preface it for a moment. I was getting ready to go to a financial seminar, lived in Dallas, Texas. I was heading to Missouri the following day. So I had packed and I was getting ready for this uh, to, to go speak at the seminar. And uh, early in the morning, I had this dramatic dream. It was so dramatic that it is impressed into me as reality because it was like I was there. I was there at this dream just as much as I am here tonight with you. And so it it, uh, was easily imprinted into me. It's a memory as if it really happened for me. Now, why did God give me this dream? I have no idea. He used to give me visions when I was young. Now I'm getting dreams, and the Bible says your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. So maybe he's just making a point. (laughs) I started having dreams, but I've had a few where uh, 
where I acted on the dreams in faith, and they were absolutely true. So I had a history, or I had a, a kind of a running track record of these dreams that God had given me that had come out absolutely true to my benefit, to the benefit of the kingdom of God, and he had never let me down with one of those dreams. So when I had this bombshell first dream in 2008, I knew it was true. I didn't know that I could share it with very many people at the time, but a little bit later... The Lord spoke to me and he said, get it out to anyone who can see it, to anyone who can hear it, get it out to them now. And at that time, of course, I began writing the book and I began telling people the dream that I had seen. But I had already spent days and weeks and months researching, learning, going through the the college class of what is the dollar? What did I just see in this dream? What is communism? I really didn't know much about any of this. But I began the search, and I began seeing, Oh, Lord Jesus, this dream is coming to pass at, at a, a fast speed in America. So let's go to my first dream. Um, I, I had this dream early in the morning. It was in three scenes. I was just ushered into three separate scenes. The first scene, and I had a college student draw up some of the pictures so that you can kind of get a feel for where I was. This is in a college student's eyes, but it was pretty close to what I had seen, and so I said, yeah, that's good, we'll use it. I was in a downtown large city. I think it may have been Dallas, Texas, but I can't say for sure. Um, but I was with a good friend of mine who lives here in Dallas, and our sons used to play baseball together, and they were in the dream as well. So really there were two generations in this dream, myself, my friend, and our two young sons. The two sons were playing ball off to the side over by a street. Now, there was no one driving, but there was a million people in this dream. They were all standing around, and they were all waiting for an announcement to be made or something. We were waiting in anticipation. It was very calm. Everyone seemed happy and juvial, and and, uh, the boys were playing off to the side. All of a sudden... And and by the way, as I looked up on the buildings, there were big screens on these buildings. They were the full size of the buildings. And uh, clearly, we were looking, waiting for some big screen announcement to come. And um, these screens weren't 16 by 9 like the TVs you have at home, but they were turned upwards, like the size of the buildings, upwards. And so uh, we were waiting. All of a sudden, a government official came standing at a podium, uh, and he came up on all of these big screens. And he made a statement, it was a three-point statement, and I remember the statement clearly. And what he said was, he said, ladies and gentlemen, I have an announcement to make. America, as you've known it, has ceased to exist. All property lines have been dissolved, and the U.S. dollar is worthless. When the people heard this, a mass spirit wave of Panic swept over the crowd, and they began running in every direction. I noticed they were jumping in cars, taking off, and and there was something inside of me that recognized these people are running west. They were all running west, and uh, they were getting in cars and heading west. I believe, and I'll speak about that in a little bit, I believe there's a meaning and a reason why west was the direction they were running. I looked over and I saw a man jump into his car. He put it in gear and started driving up on the sidewalk straight for my son and his friend. I ran over, grabbed him by the rough of the neck, and pulled him out of the way just before the car uh, sped by. And I thought, if I wouldn't have been here, 
Those kids would have been maimed or killed. That man would have killed my children, uh, uh, my son and, and my friend's son, uh, because of his action, his fearful reaction to what he's heard. And that was the end of scene one. All of a sudden, I was standing at a gas station, a convenience store, out uh, south of DFW, where I used to live. I know exactly where it was. And there was an Indian man, I think it was the manager or owner, he was standing there with me. And uh, one thing I noticed at this store, there was a, a big barbed wired fence that had just been built. It was fresh off to the side of the store, and it was full of tractors, farm equipment, lawnmowers, tools, uh, racks of, of, uh, of different kinds of tools. It was just filled up with all of this, and it looked like this man had been maybe bartering or trading. Now, there were cars flying into this gas station, and they were filling up, and I had this sense they were all heading west. And a car pulls up, like an SUV, station wagon kind of car, pulled up, was full of uh, a family, and the kids were looking out the window, and everyone was clearly freaked out. They had things tied on the top of the car. They had a little open trailer in the back, and everything clearly had been thrown in. They didn't take a lot of time to fill up that car. The man jumped out and ran around to this Indian man, and he pulled his billfold out, and he said, I need to get a tank of gas. And the Indian man said, I don't take U.S. dollars. And the man said, well, well, what do you take? The man said, well, what do you have? And they walked over and began looking inside the trailer to trade a consumable for a hard asset. Now, be, me being in the markets and in financials, I understand what that part of the dream meant to me. I'll be glad to share that with you at a little later point. But Americans were forced to trade their true assets for consumables or things to keep themselves alive, keep themselves moving down the road. Suddenly, I was in the part three of the dream. And in part three, I was in a situation room, probably underneath the White House, because President Bush was there. When I had this dream, President Bush was still the president. Now, I've been told that when a president shows up in a dream, that he, it's normally not that actual man that the dream is talking about, but it's talking about the presidency or the, the nation as a whole. It's talking about a group not just about a man. And so President Bush is in the, uh, in the middle of this situation room. There's big screens all over, and there's world events going on all over the world. There's a group of people all around him, and they all have clipboards, and they're all talking to him. And they're, at the same time, they're trying to get his attention to get him to make a decision. And, and this president, he's got his hands up, and he's like, just leave me alone. I don't want to hear anymore. He was tired and worn out, clearly. And his hands were up like, I can't take it anymore. Well, I'm standing back in the, in the back of the room. If you're looking at the picture, you see I'm the guy in the white hair. Thank God that student drew me in a little thinner than I really am. But there was a, uh, there was a, a uh, security guard or a, a secret service man standing beside me who I think was really an angel because he began to dialogue with me and talk with me. And uh, this, this um, secret service agent said to me, the president has been fighting a long, hard battle. I said, yeah, I can see that. He said, he's been fighting against a very strong enemy. And I, and I said, wow, well, I see that. And, of course, President Bush got his hands up. He's tired. He's worn out. And the people on their clipboards are trying to get an answer from him to make a decision. And then the, uh, this uh, uh, Secret Service man says, do you know the enemy that he's been fighting well, I didn't want to answer incorrectly, so I started thinking. Now, back in 2008, 
I didn't hear anyone talking about a lot of our enemies at that time. I did hear the big buzzword, socialism, 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 which I have found out since then is uh, socialism is um, communism in slow motion. <laughs> and so, so I thought, socialism? Well, uh, Islam, I've heard Islam. I'm trying to think, what could the enemy be? What could it be? So I finally said, uh, socialism, looking at him, and he looked at me with a stern voice and with a finger, and he said, communism, and the dream ended. So he wanted to get the point across. There is one great enemy that uh, America is dealing with, and America's tired and has been dealing with it and fighting it for a long, long time. So the dream ended. I woke up. When I woke up in bed, I'm sweating. I literally opened my eyes and I thought, oh, I'm dreaming. Because I felt like I'd come out of the real world into a dream world. And it took a moment for me to reacclimate and figure out where, uh, where I really was. At that time, I jumped out of bed. I wrote down some of the things I had seen. I was pretty freaked out for a while. Needless to say, that nine-hour drive to Missouri, uh, me and the Lord, we had a good talk all the way there as I began to say, Lord, what is this? What did I just see? What did I just hear? This is so foreign to me. Communism? Communism is an enemy in America? This was in 2008. Uh, the dollar... The dollar is, is dead, uh, property lines dissolved. What does all this mean? America, as you've known it, has ceased to exist. And I began to mourn and grieve and to, uh, to really wrestle with this. I began to spend a lot of time with the Lord saying, I'm not leaving your presence until I get some answers. I need to know what this means, first of all, for me, for my family, for our future. Now, we're going to talk about some of that. We'll talk about the second dream I had as well. But I want you to understand what I have learned over the last years in studying, getting revelation about the dream, and running it through the Word of God, reading God's Word every day, looking for cues, keys, signals, principles, and cycles. Because the Bible is a very cyclical book, just like the stock market is cyclical, up, down, up, down, up, down. The Bible is cyclical. I'm going to interrupt the broadcast right there. Thirty years ago, God began to give me prophecies saying that one day he was going to use me to win thousands upon thousands of souls to his kingdom, including an audible voice, a vision, a dream, and six prophetic words. I believe that I've been directed to organize a meeting to release sevenfold miracles. We're asking those who believe in the warning given to Dimitri that America is the mystery Babylon, willing to sow a key of David's seed, willing to commit to a three-day consecutive fast, and believe we are in the last days to come to this crusade. During this crusade, we're asking people to walk the steps of Moses by observing Passover, unleavened bread, and first fruits, which is April 19 through 22. We believe that once we have fasted, sown the key of David, opened the doors, and followed the steps of Moses, God is going to release the sevenfold miracles like no person or angel in history has ever seen. If you want to attend, register at sevenfoldmiraclecrusades.com. There are only 500 seats available. We expect to have several thousand wanting to come. That's sevenfoldmiraclecrusades.com. Register while there are still seats available. sevenfoldmiraclecrusades.com. I just posted a 16-page newsletter, our largest and most important newsletter in 25 years. It gives you in writing all the prophecies, dreams, visions, and audible voices I've received over the last 30 years telling me to organize this sevenfold miracle crusade. It'll put you in tears. Frankly, it'll put you in tears. 
you can download it for free at prophecyclub.com. Prophecyclub.com. In 2017, I memorized the book of Revelation just as a simple project. Surprisingly, I began to receive information on 30 revelations and two visions beyond what is found in the Bible. God showed me a secret door, which is based upon a single word found in Revelation and Leviticus, linking the feasts to the prophecies. When linked, a person enters into an understanding of Bible prophecy not previously known. Even though I've been in the world of Bible prophecy for 40 years, frankly, I did not know anything of what is in this book. One prophetic word described it this way. There is a lock that I have put over a word in the book of Revelation that I'm going to open to you. It will turn so many books written on the end time message into obsolete books. That's this book. Topics are Jesus returns on what feast? The secret of the feasts. Who are the two witnesses? What is the morning star? The judgment seat explained. The great white throne explained. The nations explained. What is the shout? And the parables explained. Seals, trumpets, and vials go in what water? Two amazing prophecy charts on the back flap, 12 inches by 9 inches. Imagine a book on prophecy that brings a fresh, new, accurate perspective. I don't want you to get one book for $20. I want you to get five books for $30 or 10 for $55. It's called The Secret Door to Understand Bible Prophecy. Available at prophecyclub.com. The Secret Door to Understand Bible Prophecy. One for 20 No, 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 don't do that. You want to get five for 30 or the best deal, 10 for 55 prophecyclub.com.